Vous écoutez la radio KUCI 88.9 FM. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI Irvine. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of KUCI or the University of California Irvine. And so related to all my elf friends, I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. And coming up in just a few moments, a Middle Earth perspective on life with the elf and her hobbit friend Milo Lomsdown, KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station. I am Tane Tenuviel, and this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the internet at KUCI.org. In case you are just tuning in, we are here every other week from 4 to 5 p.m. Tani, me, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and my Hobbit co-host, Milo Lomes down, and in case you are just tuning in for the very first time, this is the show where I ask, we ask, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And I think that is a very good question. <clears throat> but I like to ask, what would Arwen do? And if, in case you're not familiar with Arwen, she was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. So I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. <clears throat> I believe the elves understood that this, that with uh, great privilege in life comes responsibility. And if you're familiar with the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien, on uh, the stories of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and perhaps even the Silmarillion, the backstory, the creation story and the backstory of all the of all of those adventures, then you know that the elves were lovers of the earth and that they were immortal. They were tied to the earth. They were born under starlight and always loved the stars and the moon. Once the moon came into existence and the moon always cherished the memory of the elves and they were <clears throat> in Middle Earth, they were primarily pres um, concerned with preserving the beauty and wonder of the planet. So I think the elves would definitely have been some of the first environmentalists. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. And I believe that this, quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So I've been here for, gosh, a little over six years now, and 
my Hobbit co-host, Milo. Welcome and hello. Oh my gosh, isn't this a beautiful day in the Shire? Oh, it's it's so warm and lovely. We have such a bright, shining sun today, so good for growing the crops. And for those who live in other places who may not be familiar with the campus here at UC Irvine, um, it is very much like the Shire. And in fact, we have Ring Road here, and some of our housing is uh, named after Middle Earth. And But with all the uh, eucalyptus trees and the little hills, the only thing that um, every once in a while I keep thinking that I'm going to see a little creek, you know, meandering through <laughs> through the university property, but I haven't seen one of those yet. That's but, the only yeah. thing we're missing is a lovely little stream yeah. or creek or And there are little bridges. Or, and Yes. Yeah. And it is a beautiful day here in Southern California. And, and it's going to be a beautiful night tonight. That's right. It is, as our first, um, in a sense, news of the day or comment of the day, today is the full moon. And, uh, of course, the elves love the moon. And um, I didn't think that I had really a um, something to read, but I probably should read a little part of well, that. Well, you should. I should um, mention you, that, what are, yes. that I'm looking at the Tolkien calendar 2010, mm-hmm. illustrated by Ted Naismith, which has many lovely illustrations. For the month of August, he has a beautiful illustration of the first sight of Athelion. Mm. And it's just beautiful. It's It's just at the dawn of day, and you see the mountains in the distance and the beautiful forest in the near ground with many kinds of trees and shrubs and a lovely little stream uh, coming down from the waterfalls in the mountains. And on the August calendar is marked today, August 24th, 2010, there will be a full moon. Yes, and of course we elves love to walk in starlight and under the full moon, And tonight, if you happen to live in Southern California, there is, in fact, a full moon drum circle uh, at Aliso Creek Beach right down here in South Laguna. If you go to Laguna, it's just, um, I believe it's just south of the Montage. And if you go to the far southern end of the parking lot, you can't miss it. They always have a very large bonfire as well as... Drums, the, and and they bring drums, and other people bring bring drums, and so if you even if you don't have drums, you can still come, and it's absolutely such a wonderful, it's such so much fun, and it's a family event, so it's a very family friendly type of thing, and there's something wonderful about drumming, and even being in the presence of people drumming. If you think about it, the very first thing that we experienced as uh, uh, as an infant, as a, you know, as an embryo in our mother's womb, was the beating of our mother's hearts, and so we were born in a sense into rhythm. And uh, I think there's um, there's a lot of healing in that. I've been part of a number of healing drum circles, and it's just a wonderful experience. And so to get out in the fresh air, right next to the ocean, under the starlight, dancing, you know, with um, other people who are just celebrating life and fresh air and all of that good thing. It's it's a wonderful place to be. And that will be tonight, Friday, August 20... No, I'm sorry, Tuesday, August 24th at Aliso Creek Beach in uh, South Laguna from 7 to 10 p.m. And you don't need an invitation or anything. Just show up and l- listen for the sound of the drums and you will find your way. Drums are very, very important part of all music, of all cultures, I think myself of the most astonishing drum performance I've witnessed in person was Philip Glass, a selection from Akhenaten, his opera, mm. at the beginning uh, of the the funeral of Amenhotep, who was the father of Akhenaten. And there's this brilliant drum sequence that's in that opera, and it's just thrilling. I saw that performed live. It was amazing. But it's a full moon, and... Certainly, we hobbits, we tended to be more homebodies. We would sort of stay in our little hobbit hole, and we might peer out the window briefly to look at the full moon with amazement and wonder, trying to figure out what it meant. But we generally would stay at home and stay safe and sound in our little hobbit burrows. We generally would not adventure out. 
But the elves love the moon, and maybe mm-hmm. you can read us a little something from Silmarillion? There's just a little bit here from the chapter um, called Of the Sun and Moon, which tells about the creation of the sun and moon, which were created um, from the... Ooh, uh, the fruit, the the flowering of the, of the two trees. It, it says here, um, Isil the Sheen, the Vanyar of old named the moon, flower of Telperion in Valinor. And Anar, the fire golden, fruit of Laurelin, they named the sun. But the Noldor named them also Rana, the wayward, and Vasa, heart of fire, that awakens and consumes. For the sun was set as a sign for the awakening of men and the waning of the elves, but the moon cherishes their memory. And if you know a little bit, actually on the day of the rising of the first day of the rising of the sun was when Fingolfin first sets foot back in Middle-earth and many of the foes uh, that were allies of Morgoth at the rising of the sun, were so dismayed that they shrank back. And so, right. although we elves love the twilight and the soft light of the moon, there is a place for the bright sunlight. <laughs> yes, we Harsh as love it may the be. sunlight, and, and, it, and it's, it's warming and bright and, and browns our faces and gives us a, a reason to be joyful and dance. And we, we really love the sun, but the and moon... And you love growing things. You need some sun for love, that. love growing things because, quite frankly, we love eating things. <laughs> this is true. And uh, we elves, those of us of the Galadrim, of course, especially that like to live in the trees, love being up there and feeling the, the moon bath that can come with a full moon. So if you ever haven't ever had a moon bath of moonlight, you should try it sometime. It's wondrous. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So we have lots of things going on today, actually. Um, we don't have an interview, although, gosh, it is coming quickly to the end of the summer around here and, and the coming of the new quarter. The new quarter here at the University of California, Irvine. We met a lovely young lady by the name of Lauren today. Yes. She will be a freshman. She will be a freshman here at UCI, a friend of Amy's, who is the enchanting host of Pixelated Harmonies. A great show if you love just really sweet-sounding, beautiful, beautiful music. Music that makes you happy. And and with some charming chat. I mean, (laughs) she always seems to have someone in the studio and having little chats, uh, friendly chats, a little bit of that, mostly just very good music. It's really... um, Cool to see that there are some students already beginning to kind of come around. Um, <clears throat> this delightful young lady is going to be a freshman this year and said that she's interested in perhaps coming and taking the training here at KCI, which our training is open every quarter to uh, UCI students and staff members. And we always have information about that where? Well, all you have to do <laughs> to get all of the information you want about KUCI FM Irvine is to go to KUCI.org. That will have complete schedule. There are show descriptions. There are upcoming events, both on campus and with respect to the various shows. Various wonderful pieces of information, how to get a hold of the station, Mm -hmm. how to make contact with us, many, many wonderful things. As well as, did you say interviews that were coming up? Interviews, all kinds of wonderful stuff. And the next DJ training will be, the dates that will be posted. The next DJ, disc jockey, and we still have discs. Now they are... Now they are CDs, yes. right? They are but no we have, longer... We have lots of vinyl here, too. We have many, many wonderful vinyl things. As a fan of classical music, I can tell you, it's a mm. wonderful library of 33 and a third RPM vinyl. Mm-hmm. And even, I think I saw some 78s, which is an oh. ancient format. <laughs> I have not seen any cylinders from the Edison era. That would be really cool. Wouldn't it be cool to have a show... If and just play all cylinder music, that would be such a hoot. About the only people that could do it now are those in the Library of Congress. But we should say hello uh, to our listeners. Yes. Hello to those of us. Uh, hello to those of you who are listening at 88.9 FM in Irvine. We have 200 watts of FM stereo power. But we also want to say hello to those of you who are listening on 
KUCI.org in the upper right-hand corner. You can click on many links to listen both in Windows Media format as well as real player format, live, 24 by 7 alternative radio. From KUCI, FM Irvine, the voice of the University of California at Irvine. Also, if you cannot listen to us live, as those of you in Europe and Asia may not be able to, we'd like to say hello to you as you're listening to us after the fact, because you have either gone to KUCITalk.org and downloaded an MP3 of our podcast, or you have gone to iTunes. Yes. And search for Arwen, (laughs) A-R-W-E-N. You can get a free podcast of What Would Arwen Do from iTunes and listen to it on your iPod or your iPad or your iPhone or (laughs) any of those i-i-i devices, those (laughs) i-things. I-things. Listen to your on your i-things. And I'm very excited because summertime around here usually kind of slows down a little bit, but in the fall, things start picking back up in just a few weeks. It will be welcome week again, and we will have a whole new batch of uh, freshmen coming in, excited to be here at UC Irvine, and of course, returning students and staff. And it's just a wonderful time. One of the things I love about being here, and I actually work across the way at the little shopping center over there, is the synergy that happens once people start coming back for college. And um, it's it's just very exciting. And I'm excited, too, because... Um, we, I think this might be a good place for us to mention. Well, I did just did want to say that we have some wonderful things lined up for fall. We haven't had too many interviews here for the summer, but uh, there are some people that I've been in touch with that I think are going to be so exciting to interview here um, come fall. One of them, the founder and director of the Center for Living Peace, which is right across the way. Esther and Jerry Hicks have expressed an interest to come in, which are kind of the forerunners in the whole law of attraction movement. Um, I'm hoping to possibly have Julia Butterfly Hill, who lived two years in a tree up she in Humboldt. She actually lived two years lived in a tree. Not because she was crazy, but because she was committed and missioned year old with wind. trying to protect a tree. Imagine... And bring awareness to the clear-cutting that was going on that was endangering not only the redwood forests and all of these old growth and ancient forests, but also endangering the towns and everything that were around that because the clear-cutting led to so many mudslides and things like that. This, the town of Stafford, um, people lost homes, you know, a lot of homes. No one was killed, but still, you know, nobody wants to lose their home in a mudslide. And, of course, the damage to the surrounding people's right. health. Trees are more than just beautiful to look at, Elf Princess. We hobbits, being more practical, think about their oxygen generation. We think about their wonderful fruit that they give to both us and other animals. The birds live a lot off of tree nuts, for instance. And so to cut down a tree is something that needs to be thought about very, very, very carefully, as the elves knew. As a matter of fact, Gimli nearly didn't make it into Lothlorien because he was a dwarf and dwarves were famous for cutting down trees Mm -hmm. to build things. Right. And, of course, we see what happened uh, there at the end with, uh, you know, to Saruman Saruman and um, many of the, the orcs that had just, you know, ravaged the land to stoke the fires of Isengard, you know, creating um, those, those horrible machines and things like that. The so, trees and had their revenge. That, and there are ways to, to um, you know, collect timber and to do that that, that still preserves it. it. And it's not clear-cutting and leaving one tree standing per acre and saying, well, we'll plant two more because that doesn't create any biodiversity. But there are ways that you can go into forests and, and but also just thinking about there are some places on Earth that are you simply just can't replace them. You can't just plant two new trees and and replace um, you know within a few years uh, redwoods that have taken fifteen hundred to two thousand years um, to grow and have have been through so much and have and create so much you know diversity and you know places for the animals to live and all of that. So anyway, I'm hoping uh, to have. So there's a lot of wonderful events upcoming, of course. Four weeks from today, not two weeks from today, but four weeks from today, as the Elf Princess knows, is the anniversary of the publishing of The Hobbit uh, in 1937. Ooh. 
So we're coming up on the 73rd anniversary of the publication of The Hobbit. And is that going to be actually on the day of our show? And guess what? It is Tuesday, September the 21st. Uh, we will definitely have to have a special. Oh, my gosh. Maybe some readings special. from the annotated Hobbit or something like that. Oh, or, my gosh. Or play some, maybe we can come up and with and play some things from some of those old Hobbit movies that are a little bit... And uh, I, I really think I should bring in my long-playing vinyl records of Nicol Williamson, the great British actor, reading The Hobbit. Oh, absolutely. I have vinyl. And yes. We have vinyl turntables. I'm staring at them right now. Yes. They're actually used every week because there are so many wonderful programs here on KUCI that there are people that make active use of vinyl. Again, I urge you to go to KUCI.org to look at our current schedule and also... Uh, a new schedule will be coming in a few weeks as we start the fall quarter of right. the school year. We start a new schedule with KUCI-FM. Yeah, which I believe this uh, coming quarter will be the last week of, of September because <clears throat> school starts pretty late here at UCI. However, <clears throat> uh, again, if you're just tuning in, this is What Would Arwen Do? Oh, and speaking of trees, uh, we can't avoid the mention of Avatar. No, we don't want to avoid the mention of that. But just just real quickly before we pass off of uh, UCI, I wanted to mention that also coming up, in addition to the new year that's starting, we have the uh, UCI Extension Program, which, you know, they have a catalog. There are so many wonderful classes. Again, so you don't have to be a full-time student here to enjoy a lot of the wonderful benefits that are provided here at UC Irvine. There are just tremendous things. University of California at Irvine has an extension program at extension.uci.edu. You can go there to browse the entire catalog. We must mention, of all these wonderful evening classes for adults, there are so many things, especially The Hobbit has dabbled with computers from time to time, and ah. I can tell you there are many wonderful computer classes. Oh, that's The Hobbit was invited to be a professor for some evening classes years ago, but my schedule didn't permit it. But we do have one of our fellow one of our fellow hosts here at KUCI. Yes, and one of my favorite people on this planet. Barbara DeMarco Barrett has a wonderful thing, the inner game of writing. It's uh, course English eight two seven and it has one and a half continuing education units. Mm-hmm. It's Mondays starting October fourth through November 1st. It's five meetings from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. here on the campus of UCI. And you can increase your motivation to write, build confidence, and gain inspiration by participating in a hands-on workshop where you will write in a supportive environment. Use right brain, left brain writing techniques to break through writer's block, procrastination, and anxiety. Enhance your ability to write by learning to turn off the internal critic editor and learn techniques for writing in a simple, clear, and active style. So Barbara DeMarco Barrett, who is the host of a fabulous program. Mm -hmm. Writers on Writing, which is on uh, Wednesday mornings from, I believe, 8 to 9 a.m. Well, she is teaching this course starting October 4th. Again, it's a course number English 827, and I urge you to go to extension.uci.edu for more details on Barbara's course. Actually, I have taken that course. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. What a privilege and pleasure. I took it. uh, It was actually two or three years ago uh, in the summer, and it was a wonderful at the time, I was doing working on some writing things, and I just had some kind of writer's block. But it was wonderful, uh, lots of tips, um, writing exercises with lots of creative other people in the class. A lot of times, those of us who like to write, we kind of feel like we're a weird animal. Is there anybody else out there that's as kind of strange as we are? And it's kind of nice to show up in a class and realize that you're not the only one who has these kind of strange, um, sometimes voices in your head, which are you know sometimes characters. Or, you know, that are just wanting to uh, find their way out of uh, the realm of ideas into the realm of, you know, your fiction, a fiction novel or something like that. So it's a wonderful, wonderful class. And Barbara is absolutely delightful in uh, the way that she presents it. So um, it's, it's real fun. If you ever thought, you know, well, I always kind of want to do something to get going with writing. It's a great place to start. And she has an amazing book that I believe you can get uh, from Barnes & Noble or any place. You can get it from her website, if not. But she 
has a book on the writing life, which is called Pen on Fire, P-E-N on Fire. And I believe her website is either uh, writersonwriting.com or penonfire.com. I think you can get there either way. In any so. case, her show here on KUCIFM in Irvine is called... Writers on Writing. And yeah. it's a Wednesday wonderful, morning. wonderful program. Yeah. My gosh. She co- um, Marie, Marie Stone co-hosts that with her, and all of her shows also are available on podcast. And they interview authors, agents, you know, everybody, lots of different types of people in the publishing world. So it's, and she has podcasts of all her shows. So, but speaking of trees, and um, I see you have a little something here with some blue, blue faces on it. What's oh going on with that? Oh, my uh, gosh. What's it's going on with my favorite uh, tree stories? Avatar Special Edition. Back on this big screen in 3D with never-before-seen footage for a limited time only opens this Friday, Friday, August the 27th. Is it only, going, is it only in one theater, or is it where? Well, it's everywhere. I is mean, it basically, at IMAX? It's, it's going to be in both 3D, which is almost every complex now right. in Southern California, certainly, and around the nation has 3D facilities, and also IMAX 3D. Oh, and, of course, we have here at the Irvine Spectrum, very close to UCI, we have a wonderful, real IMAX theater, mm-hmm. which, if you can take that sense of vertigo, it's the right way to see that was Avatar. Where I, that was where I, I first saw it, and then I saw it a couple of times after that in 3D over at um, Metro Point. They have very nice 3D uh, theaters there, or 3D capability with um, that wonderful stadium seating you know the high back chairs but i did get to see it initially in the in 3d at irvine spectrum imax and it was breathtaking you felt like you were right inside the forest there you know in the and on those floating um floating mountains and it was beautiful just an amazing film in many dimensions for me and and for you perhaps perhaps the most amazing and important message is think about the trees be careful of the trees don't destroy trees it's uh it's usually a big mistake to destroy trees it's one thing to do farming right and whether you're farming little trees like broccoli or big trees like pines i mean there are trees that you can grow and you can harvest and you can farm but there are trees that really shouldn't be touched 15 year 1500 year old trees you ought to think very, 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 very carefully before touching one. Yeah. And there's a scene in the movie, which I don't want to give away for those few people who haven't seen the film, but it's a tremendous film in many ways. Yes, there are critics that will say the dialogue is hackneyed. There are people that will say that the direction is heavy-handed. But the beauty of the realization mm-hmm. of this three-dimensional world... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When I saw it, I thought... That, to me, is what Eldemar would be like. I mean, Eldemar. as you see the uh, Navi people and how they interact with the creatures and with the land, they, they honor it. They, you know, they ride these big dragons, but it's an agreement between the dragon and themselves. They don't, they're not catching them and taming them. There is an agreement. The horses that they ride, they bond. They have this you know, thing with their hair, with the uh, tail of the horse. You know, they, they bond with the creature and become, in a sense, kind of as one. And it's just, it's just amazing, but also their, their love and respect for the environment. And even the animals that are killed for, to be eaten, they, um, they're, they're honored for that. Yes. And so, so yes, it's, it's just a beautiful. So that will be, that will be very exciting. Starting I'm, this Friday, I'm everywhere in 3D and IMAX 3D. And I specifically did not do the research on what the additional footage is because I want to be surprised. Yes. I'm hoping we'll that have. I'm hoping that it's additional footage of um the beauty of uh, you know the beautiful parts of Pandora. I hope it's not all just additional footage of the fight scenes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and the, you know, and the machines coming. But in any case, I will have a full report in yeah. two weeks. So we need to be moving right along here. It's amazing oh how gosh. fast the time goes. In case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tanuvio with my Hobbit co-host. Milo Lomsdown at your service. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what would Arvin do on every other Tuesday, four to five p.m. So we have we have to I talk. Have, I, I have to hear about the trip I to Las have, Vegas. I have a Hobbit adventure, adventure report. report. Yay! And Las Vegas is the world of chance, and as yes. we all know, there is a wonderful chapter in the Hobbit called Riddles in the Dark, mm-hmm. and. In it, it has a wonderful line as he's responding to one of the riddles. He says, time, time, and Bilbo was saved by pure luck. Well, that is a (laughs) poor reading. Tani, do you happen to have someone who reads it better? Well, I do have actually a reading by the professor from that chapter. This particular passage is quite long, and we will not be able to play anywhere near the entire length of it. But we can play a few minutes, certainly. Yes, we can play a few minutes. And this is uh, J.R.R. Tolkien himself reading from The Hobbit, from the chapter Riddles in the Dark. So we get a little sense of um, Hobbit's... Uh, willingness to, you know, to, to engage. Gamble, yes, to take yes, a chance take and a chance gamble. And, uh, for Bilbo, he felt like he was, uh, his life was on the line there because right. if he lost uh, in this little game, Gollum was going to eat him. That's right. <laughs> so let's hear a little bit from the professor. This from the J.R.R. Tolkien audio collection from CD1, The Hobbit, Chapter 5, Riddles in the Dark, KUCI in Irvine. Deep down here by the dark water lived old Gollum. I don't know where he came from, nor who or what he was. He was Gollum, as dark as darkness, except for two big, round, pale eyes. He had a boat, and he rode about quite quietly on the lake, for lake it was, wide and deep and deadly cold. He paddled it with large feet dangling over the side, but never a ripple did he make. Not he. He was looking out of his pale lamp-like eyes for blind fish, which he grabbed with his long fingers as quick as thinking. He liked meat, too. Goblin, he thought, good, when he could get it. But he took care they never found him out. He just throttled them from behind if ever they came down alone anywhere near the edge of the water while he was prowling about. They very seldom did, for they had a feeling that something unpleasant was lurking down there, down at the very roots of the mountain. They had come on the lake when they were tunneling down long ago, and they found they could go no further. So there their road ended in that direction, and there was no reason to go that way, unless the great goblin sent them. Sometimes he took a fancy for fish from the lake, and sometimes neither goblin nor fish came back. Actually, Gollum lived on a slimy island of rock in the middle of the lake. He was watching Bilbo now from the distance with his pale eyes like telescopes. Bilbo could not see him, but he was wondering a lot about Bilbo, for he could see that he was no goblin at all. Gollum got into his boat and shot off from the island while Bilbo was sitting on the brink, altogether flummoxed and at the end of his way in his wits. Suddenly up came Gollum and whispered and hissed, Bless us! Splashes, my precious. I guess it's a choice feast. At least the tasty morsel it'll make us call And when he said call he made a horrible swallowing noise in his throat. That is how he got his name, though he always called himself my precious. The hobbit jumped nearly out of his skin when the hiss came in his ears, and he suddenly saw the pale eyes sticking out at him. Who are you? he said, thrusting his dagger in front of him. What is he, my precious? whispered Gollum, who always spoke to himself, through never having anyone else to speak to. That is what he had come to find out, for he was not really very hungry at the moment, only curious. Otherwise he would have grabbed first and whispered afterwards. I am Mr. Bilbo Baggins. I've lost the dwarves and I've lost the wizard and I don't know where I am. I don't want to know if only I can get away. What's he got in his hands is? said Gollum, looking at the sword, which he did not quite like. The sword, a blade which came out of Gondolin. <laughs> said Gollum, and became quite polite. Perhaps she sits here and chats with it a bit, see, my precious. It likes riddles, perhaps, does it? Does it? He was anxious to appear friendly, at any rate for the moment, until he found out more about the sword and the hobbit, where he was quite alone, really, 
whether he was good to eat, and whether Gollum was really hungry. Riddles were all he could think of. Asking them, sometimes guessing them, had been the only game he'd ever played with other funny creatures sitting in their holes in the long, long ago before the goblins came, and he was cut off from his friends far under the mountain. And the uh, only game he had ever played. Yes. The only game he had ever played. And that was J.R.R. Tolkien reading from his book, The Hobbit, from Riddles in the Dark. Game of Chance. Well, speaking of games of chance, and I must ask, is my volume up there? Yeah. Okay. You're hearing okay? Mm-hmm. Good. So The Hobbit was invited by his family to go with them to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And not a big lover of games of chance, no. sort of reluctant to get involved. But then, when doing the research for the show two weeks ago, I found out what? There's a brand new slot machine called Lord of the Rings. I think it's amazing. Really, it's more Fellowship of the Ring, because all of the oh. game elements are involved with Fellowship of the Ring events, which mm. we'll get to in a moment. But uh, let me just say in summary, before we go into the details, it's fabulous. Ah. The, the Bose audio with the dialogue lines. Does it have music from music, the movie? Music from the movie, ah. from Fellowship of the Ring. Not, not the other films. And I suspect that WMS, who is the producer of this game system, is just going to roll out the other two mm-hmm. as time allows mm-hmm. and interest develops. Okay, so it's more like Fellowship of the the Ring, since all of the action and the slot machine bonuses are based around events from that film. There are two video screens on this device, one screen above that shows stills usually, and sometimes film clips Mm -hmm. from Fellowship of the Ring when you're doing bonus plays on the slot machine. And then there's a screen below that actually shows the simulated spinning slot machine reels. It's actually a video screen, but it simulates the spinning of traditional slot machine reels. And each of the reels has pictures of Frodo or Aragorn or the sword Anduril that was broken. Mm Mm-hmm. Things like that, various little items. So those are um, the things that spin and have to match up. And they have to match up in order for you to score any things. And if you see three rings, that Ooh. is the one ring is depicted there yes. with the Elvish script and everything. If you see three rings of, of power, then you go into a bonus round. Ooh. And there are so many wonderful things. There is when you first start the game, you can play Gandalf's fireworks from oh. the long expected party sequence. Or Garden Heist from the Shortcut to Mushrooms sequence. And they're just so much fun. In the case of Gandalf's fireworks, you just press a button and it spins reels and has fireworks that shoot off. And as the fireworks dissolve, you see how many bonus points you've gotten. The Garden Heist, you have to be more active. You have to pick rows of vegetables. There's taters and and carrots, and Mm. there's cabbages. And if you pick the right ones, you score more points. If you pick the farmer... Then the uh, the little miniature game ends, and you go back to spinning the reels. Oh, how funny! I I have to say, I can't imagine that there would be anything really that would entice me to Las Vegas because people invite me from time to time, and or say, you know what, let's go. And I it just doesn't have any appeal to me. Now I want to go. <laughs> yes. Now, as you progress, there is a long road, right? As mm-hmm. you progress from Hobbiton. To Bree, mm. to oh. Lothlorien, oh. eventually to the Gates of Moria, there are additional bonus games that are unveiled one step at a time. Arwen's Rescue, <gasps> where you're at the river with the horses really? turning into you know the white horses yes. from, oh, the river. from the river. Unbelievable graphics. Then Isildur's Sword, where you have to reassemble the sword that was broken. Oh, the Shards and of Narsil. The Prancing Pony, where the Dark Riders come in and stab the beds. Oh. And if, if you pick the right beds that they don't stab, then you score many additional points. There is a bonus play for the Balrog and for Galadriel's Stairway and the uruk Battle. And then at the very, very end, if you keep playing long enough, at the very end there's a ninth bonus. Its title is grayed out, but from online screenshots that I've seen on the web, it's the River Anduin. This oh. is when the breaking of the Fellowship occurs at oh, the end of yes. Fellowship of the Ring. 
Um, but at the beginning, you're in the Shire, and you're hearing the happy Howard Shore Shire music, the Hobbit yes. music. It's so lovely. Uh, the chair has vibrating characteristics when, like, Gollum appears to scratch at the screen. He's yes. scrabbling at the reels mm. as they spin and turning them into wild things. You hear little vibrations. There are speakers behind you. When you score a lot of points, the music comes in all directions. It's a Bose Audio Surround Sound. Wow. You have Legolas arrows firing wow. at the screen once in a while and oh turning them God. wild for you. But that's not the great part. The great part is that when you sit down at the machine, you select a user ID and password. <gasps> and they print out a little piece of paper saying visit playerslife.com. <gasps> and you enter your user ID and password, and then you can play additional miniature games online. They're not good for any money, of course. Right. But they do give you bonus things that then are available when you return to the slot machines. All of these slot machines are networked through the Internet. Uh-huh. And so when you save your progress from one machine, like I started at the M Resort at the southern tip of Las Vegas, the M Resort, the Imagine Resort, the, the, the M Spa Resort and Casino, then I went on up to Harrah's. I logged on with my user ID and password, and I was right back on the road exactly how far I had gone. Wow. Because the Internet servers are remembering all your progress. It's just a wonderful thing. So do they thing. have this machine in in several different casinos? Yes. Uh, thank you for asking. Per my mm. research, they now have it at the M, which is all the way at the southern tip, just before you enter, really, the main city of Las Vegas. Bally's, Caesars, Excalibur, Flamingo, Harrah's, mm. uh, the Mirage, New York, New York, Rio. Uh, and by the way, as you're leaving Las Vegas, you're also going to pass the state line and the Prim Resort. When I left on Friday last week, the Prim Resort had just installed two brand new machines, and I was one of the first people to play those two machines at the at the State Line Prim Resort. And those were Lord of the Rings machines. And those were Lord of the Rings machines. And again, I logged on with my user ID and password, and it remembered exactly where I was. Wow! So at this point, I'm How up to Arwen's Rescue. Is. And when you wow. when you get the three gold rings and you pick to play Arwen's Rescue. Then there's that scene where Liev Tyler, you know, is talking to the Dark Horseman saying, if you want him, come and get him. him. Claim him, yes. Mm -hmm. Claim him is the right word. And then the Dark Horseman start across the river and the reels spin down below and the Dark Riders are turned into the the white water horses that magically appear. And if you do it enough, then you get extra points, too, which, of course, translates into money. Yeah. <coughs> so, well, it sounds all very exciting and... Wonderful. Like something I would like to try sometime. So there might be some reason to go to, to the City of Lights someday. Well, I'm going to log on to that website and do some playing, but uh, we have... Other adventures, speaking of adventures, there are adventures that our listeners can go on to. Yes. My gosh. We have interesting things coming up uh, this fall and actually in just a few weeks because you know that both we hobbits and elves are interested in preserving the uh, environment and things that are local. And, and, And just for our listeners, again, if they're just tuning in, this is KCI in Irvine. Irvine California, Irvine, California, in Orange County, California. Orange County. And right here in Orange County, in Irv- actually it's not Irvine, it's Newport Beach, but very close here to the university. So in case there are people perhaps even just coming back from vacations or students that are beginning to come uh, for classes that are beginning in the fall, if you're interested in helping to preserve one of the last remaining estuaries, uh, along the California coast, they are having cleanup day at the Upper Newport Bay. Now, an estuary is one of those places where uh, fresh and salt water meet and mingle and uh, creates a very biodiverse, um, a, a lot of uh, biodiversity in the type of fish and animals and birds that live in those areas. And generally, there most of that area. You can go uh, walking along the trails and uh, take the back bay uh, driving route and biking, but you can't actually go deep into the uh, back bay where the 
a lot of the marshes aren't everything because the there are endangered birds that nest there. But once a year, they um, and I think it might be twice now, but I know once a year in September, um, because they plan this according to the nesting periods and all of that, so they make sure that they're not disturbing any new eggs or anything like that. But they bring people in to do deeper cleanup. And what a lot of people don't realize, because they may think, well, you know, why, you know, what what would need to be cleaned up? Well, a lot of people don't realize that all of the things that you let go into the gutters of Tustin, Santa Ana, Irvine, Newport Beach, it all drains into the drains and drains into the and dumps into the back bay. So plastic bottles, cigarette butts, Kleenex, um, any kind of things, you know, runoff from your yard, from washing your car, pesticides, all of this, but on a lot of it, just a lot of the trash that gets makes its way into the streets ends up in the back bay. And this gives us all an opportunity to go and help to clean some of that up to preserve that beautiful, beautiful place known as the Upper Newport Bay. And so when is this going to be? Well, this is uh, a sneak preview. We will be reminding our listeners uh, continuously of this on every show we do. Saturday, September 25th. That's next month. It's just about a month from now. Saturday, September 25th at 2301 University Drive in Newport Beach. And they advise you to please bring a refillable or reusable water bottle. But that is the time. It's from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., and if you'd like more information, you can call 949-640-6712. That's 949-640-6712. And if you are just interested, you can always visit the website, which I believe is uppernewportbay.org, for information about other programs and um, probably more information about the cleanup day. They usually feed you, <laughs> and you get to go out in the bay, and it's a wonderful time to get fresh air, do something good for our local community of creatures and for each other because we're all connected, and uh, meet some really wonderful people who share uh, a passion like you do. And, oh, my gosh, it's time for us to move on. You know what? Can we just meet? Um, mention very quickly, especially um, coming up, there's a presentation at the oh my gosh. Uh, at the Interpretive Center um, that Dick Newell and Don Miller will present. It's called Those Urban Bobcats, and this is on September 9th, which I'm not sure what day of the week that is, September 9th at 7 p.m. And this is, uh, it says it promises to be a fascinating evening. Uh, Dick and Don have been tracking Babe, who is a local bobcat, and her families for several years and have collected a lot of information, video clips and pictures. And it's very interesting. This, these bobcats actually come up into people's yards and stuff, but, uh, and, and they're absolutely beautiful. It's, so. it's, it's an amazing animal, an amazing animal. Yeah. Again, that's uh, the September presentation. We got this from the Clapper Rail Mail, Newport Bay Naturalists and Friends newsletter. And that's Thursday, September 9th at 7 p.m. So it's, uh, it's very, very good to uh, attend these presentations that people are giving, there's no indication that uh, there's any price associated with this. I don't believe that there is. Uh, I, I, I don't believe that there is. And the phone number, I think you can just uh, Google. I'm sorry, I don't have... I thought I had that particular thing in front of me. This was actually... The Clapper Rail Mail, and I don't know why. Oh, actually, I believe it's on the second page, which I did not print, that has the contact information. But I believe you can call oh, 949-923-2296, 949-923-2296, uh, which is a number you can follow, find out about the uh, Urban Bobcats lecture and also the Fall Naturalist Training, which is a 10-week program where you can train to become a naturalist. It's usually on a Thursday night and a Saturday morning, and they train you all about uh, how to lead kayak tours or walking tours, all about the back bay, the different animals and creatures and plants, and lots of programs that you can get involved in, and um, wonder, a wonderful, wonderful naturalist training. So that, that will actually start on September 30th. Uh, so anyway, again, information 949-923-2296 about the uh, urban bobcats on September 9th or the fall naturalist training that will start 
on September 30th and the cleanup day, which is Saturday, September 25th. And so. again, we'll be re- we'll yes. be reminding you of all this information on our next What Would Arwen Do on Tuesday, September 7th. But, Tani, before we run, and I know time oh, is flying, right. but I have some good news about the Hobbit movies. Yay! As we know that they're, they're in limbo right now due to some financial problems MGM is having. Mm -hmm. However, Ain't It Cool News, a wonderful website for movie news, Uh uh, a person from Chicago who calls him Capone and doesn't give his real name did an interview with Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Now when was this? And this was um, a week ago. Okay. And again, you can go to ain'titcool.com to look up the details and see the full transcript. Mm -hmm. However... Uh, of course, Capone asked Guillermo del Toro about The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo Toro, del Toro says, quote, Look, I cannot give the movie half of my attention or a quarter of my attention or three quarters. I've got to give this movie 110% of my attention. And I could not do that. I think the time came where I needed to disassociate myself. Capone asks, You'll get writing credit? Guillermo says, I will, yes. We co-wrote those screenplays, and those are the screenplays that are going to be shot. Mm. It's funny that you say this, because I cannot even talk about The Hobbit in the past. I can talk about The Hobbit in the present. I am involved in The Hobbit. I am involved. I am not directing. I have no illusions about that. But I am involved. Wow. I am a partner. I want Peter Jackson to direct it. I want those movies to happen, and I am an active writer with them and an active partner in this quest, and I wish them the best. So Very exciting. Exciting yeah. news, basically, that he remains very actively involved, mm-hmm. and that, I think, helps to ensure his fabulous vision, of which we've only got little peaks of little bits of design, are an indication that the movies, when actually released, currently scheduled for December 2012, will be wonderful. Will be wonderful. And that is it for us. <laughs> I can't believe that the hour has already passed, you it, elf princess. It does. It just it just flies. And it's always so much, uh, so delightful to be here with you, my hobbit friend. It's, a pres- it's my pleasure and privilege. <laughs> well, we'll be back in two weeks. We are Tani Tenuviel and Milo Lomsdown. And this is What Would Arwen Do? We will be back in two weeks. I will be back next week with Phenomenal Women, 4 to 5 p.m. on Tuesday. In the meantime, please remember how delightful you are and that you have a gift no matter how small you may think it is that you have the gift to enrich the life of someone else and you have a creative gift that will enrich not only the lives of others but also yourself and we hope that you will find that and bring it into the world so that everyone may be enriched thank you Tani you're welcome words of wisdom and uh, with that we'll leave with a little Hobbit music concerning Hobbits from Academy Award winning music by Howard Shore and music you hear on the Lord of the Rings slot machine in Las Vegas yay this is KCI in Irvine the best radio station in the history of the universe (laughs) 